As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can find me on Twitter at FPLGeneral. I'm recording on Tuesday morning with two more games still to be played in Double Game Week 24. They are Burnley versus Fulham and Everton versus Manchester City on Wednesday night. There's Champions League and Europa League action this week too, and we're hoping to have the Double Game Week 26 fixtures confirmed before Friday's FPL deadline. So it goes without saying, don't make any transfers until Friday this week. The headlines from Game Week 24. Leicester came from behind to beat Liverpool 3-1 with Vardy, Barnes and Madison all on the score sheet. Matt Loughton was the hero as Burnley registered the clean sheet we all hoped they would against Crystal Palace. Ilkay Gundogan just can't stop scoring, his latest haul a 19-pointer against Spurs. Hopefully injury won't keep him out of the second game. Emi Martinez made 9 saves to secure all 3 bonus points in the 0-0 draw at Brighton. Danny Ings got his first goal since game week 17 to tempt managers ahead of Southampton's double game week. Manchester United disappointed against West Brom, but Bruno Fernandes still managed to grab a goal in that one. Forgotten man of FPL, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, bagged a hat-trick against Leeds in a 4-2 win for the Gunners. Fulham impressively beat Everton 2-0 away, dominating that game from start to finish. With Sunderland till I die legend Josh Maggia scoring a brace on his full debut, he's one for the watch list. The top scoring defender in FPL, Aaron Cresswell, got his ninth assist of the season. And Chelsea kept another clean sheet, beating Newcastle 2-0 with Kepa in goal for that one. With the Champions League returning this week, there's no better time to sign up for our unrivaled coverage here at The Athletic. Until February 25th, we're offering new subscribers a half-price annual subscription. That's less than £1 a week for an entire year. Simply visit theathletic.com forward slash FPLpod and in doing so, you'll get ad-free versions of this podcast and all the excellent Athletic podcasts. Game Week 24 shoutouts. There was no new members to the club that no one wants to be in this week, unfortunately. Just a couple of notable mentions. Matty Cash at Aston Villa just about made it to 60 to get a clean sheet before he was taken off injured. 
There was quite a few 61-minute appearances. Minamino at Southampton, Smithrow at Arsenal, and Batshuayi at Crystal Palace. And I had to mention Alioski as well, because he only managed 53 minutes, got himself a minus one in that defeat to Arsenal. A quick review of how Game 24 is going for me so far. There's still those two games to go. I made two free transfers going into the game week. I got rid of Robertson for Loughton. That one worked out pretty well. Managed to get Loughton's first goal and I think it might have been eight years. So when your luck's in, your luck's in. Calvert-Lewin went out for Bamford. Bamford didn't do anything against Arsenal, but happy to have him for the double game week now. I did mention last week on the podcast that I was between Bruno Fernandes and Calvert-Lewin for the captaincy last week. Calvert-Lewin's injury changed that and then I ended up going to Gundogan because at the end of the day it came down to Bruno with one game versus Gundogan with two and I think I'll always tend to favour the double gaming player in that scenario. So glad I changed the armband over from Bruno to Gundogan. 96 points so far sees a green arrow from 3.8k to 2.2k so hopefully those five players, sorry, three players left to play, four actually, can't do my maths today. Diaz, Cancelo and Gundogan captain on Wednesday night, as well as Loughton with another game. So should be above 100 for the game week. The good and the bad. The good this week, Gundogan 38. A lot of people captained them. What a nice return we got from that. Loughton with 15. What a hero. Martinez just continues to pull it out of the bag. 12-pointer. Bruno 9. Salah 7. And Cancelo 6 with another game to go, hopefully. The bad, Ruben Diaz didn't feature zero-pointer. Hopefully he can get a clean sheet against Everton. Grealish 2, Watkins 2, so my Villa boys let me down. Bamford 2-pointer. Antonio no-show got Soucek off the bench for a 3-pointer. And I left Soufal on the bench as well, which wasn't ideal. A quick watch list update. I added 5 players today. A couple of strikers, Josh Madja at Fulham, who I already mentioned, 5.5 million. He's owned by just 0.3% of managers. I do think it's probably a bit early to go in on him after his first start of the season, but he's certainly one to keep an eye on at that price in a pretty good Fulham side. Jamie Vardy is back in my thoughts, 10.1 million. Scored against Liverpool and could have had even more. He hit the crossbar in that game as well. Another striker, Mbai Diang from West Brom. He's 6 million. He's got attacking returns in three of his four appearances. That's one goal and two assists. And I've been really impressed by Diang from what I've seen of him in his first couple of appearances. I think he's a pretty good striker. He should have had a few more against Manchester United. Missed some really good chances. He's had a few goals chalked off for offside as well. So he's getting into good positions and he's showing that he can finish from time to time so 6 million could be an interesting option at some point towards the end of the season Pedro Neto is back on the watch list 5.7 million another goal great goal it was he's now got 5 goals 6 assists for the season and Wolves seem to have turned the corner or at least might be about to turn the corner so Neto is an option at 5.7 Final player added this week is Ricardo Pereira at Leicester. Unfortunately, we lost James Justin for the season. I've still got him in my team, so I'll be looking to sell him at some point in the near future. And I may end up replacing him with his teammate Pereira. He's 5.9 million. He's 0.4% owned, so he's a nice differential to have. And we know what Pereira can do, going back to his previous seasons before that injury. He can get goals and he can get assists. And Leicester are just a very, very good side this season. 
most of the players I removed from the watch list this week are defenders. Maguire and Wan-Bissaka have gone because if I buy a United defender, it's going to be Luke Shaw. Trent Alexander-Arnold is gone because I have got no faith in the Liverpool defence at the moment. Likewise, Luka Dean. If I was going to buy Luka Dean, it would have been for the double game week. Now that that's passed, I don't see myself buying him. Rob Holding lost his place to Gabriel in the Arsenal team, so he's gone from the watch list. Webster is injured. He's gone as well. And the only player who's not a defender who I removed from the watch list this week is Etze at Crystal Palace. Quite simply, don't want a Crystal Palace player anywhere near my FPL team at the moment. So from time to time, I just do a quick run-through of who is actually on my watch list at the moment. There's 23 players this goes in order of price, nothing else. Defenders, Pereira, Cresswell, Shaw, Target, Dallas, Rudiger and Dawson. Midfielders, Manny, Son, Madison, Barnes, Neto, Saka, Rafinha, Lupman, Jorginho and Smithrow. And then just a couple of strikers, Kane, Vardy, Ings, Cavani, Diang and Madja. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. Moving on now to the questions section of the podcast. Thanks as always to everyone who sent them in. First one is from Ross FPL Merch. When trying to bring in players who are about to play a double, do you focus on form or good fixtures? Good question, this one. And I don't really know what the answer is to be honest. When I'm when I'm looking at double game weeks, it probably is it doesn't really matter too much what the fixtures are. This week is a good example when we've only got two teams with a double game week. We've got Leeds and we've got Southampton. And even though Southampton are in pretty poor form, I think they might have lost the last six on the bounce. That doesn't bother me too much. You know, they've the fixtures are not amazing in the double game week either, but I think we all get double game week fever and it doesn't really matter which teams they are, who they're playing, or what their form is like in recent weeks. There's a good chance I'll buy a Southampton player this week, regardless of their poor form. I actually sat down yesterday and watched their game from the weekend against Wolves, and I thought they were actually pretty good first half. It was all Southampton first half, and then it kind of fell apart for them in the second half after that um, dodgy refereeing decision for the penalty on Bertrand's handball. So that gives me hope that we can invest in Southampton players for the double game week and they could end up having two or three double game weeks in a row. So I think it's absolutely fine to go there. Yes, the form's not great. The fixtures are not amazing either, but it's a double game week. You know, FPL is supposed to be fun. So, you know, let's let's target these teams who have two games in, in the game week. You know, Leeds form not amazing recently either, uh, particularly likes of Bamford, but they're a good side and they can rack up three or four goals against anyone. So I think when they've got two fixtures, you've got to target their attackers in particular. So yeah, I'm all in this week. My transfers this week are going to be solely focused on Leeds and Southampton. Next question is from James. Is a Gamey 25 wildcard with just a triple captain left worth it? Or is it more sensible to wait until Gamey 30-ish to wildcard? 
completely team dependent this one I think if you're if you're in a pretty strong position if you've got you know two or three guys who've got a double game of 25 and you're looking like you're going to be pretty good pretty well set up for double game of 26 as well then I don't think there's any need to wildcard just yet I think you can hold off get through game of 29 and then wildcard game week 30 or 31. I think 31 is actually better because there's some quite good fixtures in game week 30 for the likes of Leeds and Aston Villa, I think it is. And then we can possibly offload those guys after that for the final eight or nine weeks of the season. So completely deemed dependent. If you're happy with your squad, if you're well set up for 25 and 26, I would hold off and just survive through game week 29, even if you've only got seven or eight players for that week, and then clean things up with a wildcard game week 31. But again, if you're not happy with your squad, if you really want to attack Game Week 25 with Leeds and Southampton and then load up on as many Game Week 26 players as possible once those fixtures are confirmed. Hopefully they're confirmed before Friday because that will make things a lot easier for people who do wildcard this week. I think what I would say there as well is if you haven't activated your wildcard yet, which is now Tuesday or whenever you're listening, you know, don't bother until the fixtures are confirmed, even if that's on Friday. I wouldn't worry about team value this season. It's not a huge issue. I never bother about it anyway in regular season. So if you haven't activated Wildcard yet, there's no need really to activate it until hopefully we get those fixtures before the deadline on Friday. Maybe build yourself a draft, have an idea of what your team will look like, but you don't need to hit the button until later in the week. So again, goes back to the question, team dependent. I always say to people as well, if you're not happy with your team and if playing a Wildcard will make you happy, with your squad for the next couple of game weeks just go for it don't overthink it question from Stephen Cross what would your top three forwards be between now and the wild card in game week 30 um, so straight away off the top of my head Harry Kane I think has to be in there for double game week 26 and possibly for the long term as well I would have Danny Ings on a wild card this week because double game week this week and possibly another two double game weeks to come uh, and I, like I said, yes, Southampton are not in great form, but I think they will turn the corner as well because they've got most of their guys back now, Vestergaard, Romeo, these guys. I know they lost Walker-Peters again, which is not ideal, but I've seen enough of them in that first half against Wolves to be confident that they can get us points in the double game week. So I'd have Kane, I would have Ings, and I would have Bamford. I think Bamford is a is a must-have for double game week 25. And then you can possibly have a plan to move him to a double game week six player. Someone like Watkins, maybe Vardy, if you've got the cash. There's also a strong argument just to keep Bamford. You know, have him for double game week 25. And then he plays in game week 29 as well. I think it's against Fulham. So Bamford can stay long term. But I also do like the idea of removing him after this week for a player with a double game week 26. So that would be my top three, I think, on a wild card: Kane, Ings and Bamford. Question from Crags. For those thinking of wildcarding this week, which players would you say are essential going forwards for the rest of the season? So I had a quick look at this this morning. Again, trying to think what I would do if I was wildcarding this week because I think a lot of people will be. Uh, first name on the team sheet, probably Martinez in goal. He's good for the long term. He's going to have a couple of double game weeks and he's just a points machine. Even when he has difficult fixtures, he racks up loads of saves. We see it against Brighton. Nine saves is phenomenal. He's just—he's arguably the best goalkeeper in the league at the moment. He's just on fire. And when there's a player like that in FPL, you just bite the bullet and you just buy him and you don't think twice about it. I would also have a Manchester City defender. 
I don't necessarily think you need two defenders, but I would have one. I still probably favour Cancelo, just for those attacking potential. I'd probably have him first, Ruben Diaz second, Stones third. But I don't think there's much between Diaz and Stones anyway. Uh, I would also have one Leeds attacker on a wildcard this week. I don't think it matters too much whether you have Bamford or Rafinha because I don't think there's too much between those two guys. Rafinha is the more exciting pick at low ownership. Bamford is probably the shield pick. You know, he's the safer one. But that doesn't mean he's going to score more points than Rafinha, which I'm going to talk about when it comes to captaincy later. So you could have both of those guys. I would have minimum one of them. Likewise with Spurs attackers, Kane and Son, I don't think you need both of them. I think you can go with both of them if you're on a wildcard this week to target Game Week 26 and hopefully both of them do well in that one. I would have at least one Spurs attacker this week on a wildcard. I just slightly prefer Kane at the moment. I don't really know why. Maybe it's the penalties in the back of my mind. Um, And I'm going to probably triple captain Kane in Game Week 26. Son, I think it might be five blanks in the last six. But hopefully he'll be back in the goal soon. So that's Martinez, Man City defender, one Leeds attacker, one Spurs attacker. Bruno Fernandes would be in there. Uh, I don't think I would have Salah. Or at least when it comes down to Bruno versus Salah, I think I would rather have Bruno at the moment. I would have a Leicester attacker because I think they're getting overlooked. And I think I've overlooked them myself for most of the season. So if I was on a wild card, I would look to fix that. One of Vardy, Barnes or Madison again. I don't think it matters too much which of those guys you go for. They're all playing pretty well and they're all capable of being consistent with points returns. And Gundogan, if he's fit, if we get good news from Pep on Tuesday, I think there's a Pep conference, a press conference today uh, ahead of that Wednesday night fixture. So we should get an up-to-date on Gundogan. If he's okay or even if it's just a slight issue and Pep says he'll be back for the weekend, he would be in my wildcard squad as well. So that's a few thoughts for people on a wildcard. That is what I would build my team around, the players that I mentioned there. Question from FPL Brownie. Who's the best goalkeeper for the upcoming doubles and blanks? Good question here. Uh, A lot of people are probably looking to change up their goalkeepers at the moment. So I mentioned Martinez. I think he's the best set and forget goalkeeper. But we do have double gaming 25 this week. So McCarthy and Melier now I don't have much faith in either of these goalkeepers for the double game week. But I think if you own them, I think you've got to play them. Now, a couple of exceptions to this. My example, I've got Martinez and Melier. And I was always planning to play Melier this week because of the two fixtures. Now, his performance at the weekend did not fill me with confidence. But I think the fact that Martinez plays Leicester. I fancy Leicester to score against Aston Villa. So I'm going to play Melier with the two fixtures and hopefully he can do something. Uh, in those ones you know one clean sheet I'd be happy you know Leeds do concede a lot of penalties so it's about time Melier saved one of them so there's always a chance of that as well so it feels wrong to bench Martinez given how good he's been playing but I think we've got to play the double game week goalkeeper I think that goes for McCarthy as well if you've got McCarthy Martinez I'd probably be playing McCarthy in the double game week if nothing else they can rack up saves over the two fixtures and and in that case Hopefully Martinez does concede when we put him on the bench. There's a couple of exceptions to the rule. If I owned Nick Pope, he plays West Brom this week, I would play him ahead of a double-gimme goalkeeper. 
If I had David De Gea against Newcastle, I would probably play him over McCarthy and Melier as well. And there's probably one more that's a tricky one. If you own Sanchez, the Brighton goalkeeper, he's got a good fixture against Palace. I'd be quite tempted to play him as well over a double gamey goalkeeper, given how good Brighton have been defensively. But I don't think I would. I think I'd have Sanchez on the bench and I would play Melier or McCarthy if you have them. Would I go out and buy McCarthy or Melier this week? Probably not. But again, it depends on which goalkeeper you have at the moment. If you've got a decent goalkeeper with a decent fixture, just keep them. And don't bother wasting a transfer on McCarthy or Melier. Um, I mentioned Martinez. He's got a likely double game 26. He's also very likely to play in blank game 29. So there's a lot of ticks there for Martinez. I like Ederson as well. If you want to buy a new goalkeeper... Looks like a couple of double game weeks to come for him as well, as well as Ariola. If you've got Ariola, I would hold on to him. I don't think buying him is the craziest idea either. Very impressed by Fulham against who will they play in Everton. Another clean sheet there. Ariola has Sheffield United next, good fixture. Then a possible double game week, and he plays in game week 29 as well. So that's the goalkeeper's coverage. You're probably looking at Martinez, Ederson, Pope, Ariola, probably if you're looking to buy a new one. And there's a couple of decent ones there as well if you already own them. So hopefully Melier can pull off a miracle and outscore Martinez this week. Question from the sports box. Is it time to sell Antonio or is he fixture proof for his price this season? I think it's an easy sell now because the fixtures are turning for West Ham. They're really tricky for the next couple of game weeks. Also, David Moyes is not confident of having Antonio back in game week 25. So you can't even be confident that you're going to get him for that fixture. I think it's Tottenham at the weekend. So it's an easy sell. Easy sell for Ings or an easy sell for Bamford if you don't own either of those guys for the double game week. I also like Antonio to Harry Kane if you can spare the cash. So yeah, for me, I think it's an easy sell. Just go to Ings or just go to Bamford from Antonio this week. Next one is from FPL Eagle. Who would be your top differential pick for the upcoming double game week fixtures? So I've, I've looked at just game week 25 because game week 26 are not confirmed yet. In terms of differentials, I mean, Rafinha doesn't feel like a differential if you're on Twitter or Reddit because it seems like everyone's going to have him or already has him for the double game week. But overall, his ownership is still just 3.5% ownership. So if you're looking for a differential, don't look past Rafinha. He will be a differential in some of your mini leagues. Danny Ings as well, same reason. Feels like a lot of people will have him this week. I also think a lot of people won't buy him because of Southampton's form. And I like that. To me, that's an opportunity uh, to get him. His ownership won't shoot up this week as much as it might have. If, let's say, Southampton won that game against Wolves, I know he scored, but that might not be enough for people to trust him in that Southampton setup. Ings' ownership is low as well, 10.5%. Again, his ownership will be low in your mini leagues. But if you really want a differential, Stuart Armstrong or Minamino. Stuart Armstrong is 5.5 million. He's 0.3% owned. Minamino is a bit more expensive. He's 6 million, but he's also owned by just 0.4%. Now, Minamino was substituted before Armstrong was substituted at the weekend and I just feel Armstrong has been playing in that Hasenhutl system obviously a lot longer than Minamino has so if I was going to say who would who would I be more confident of starting at the weekend it would be Stuart Armstrong over Minamino um, I should throw Jack Harrison in here as a differential as well if you want to be different 
go for him over Rafinha. I think that's fine as well. I'm trying to think of Southampton. Ward Price, I don't like him. Boring pick, set pieces. I don't like relying on free kicks and corners. There's a chance he could play right back now as well with Walker Peters injured. Um, Redmond actually impressed me at the weekend. But again, there's always question marks over him because Che Adams could come back in and Redmond could be the one to drop out. Any of them could drop out. Redmond, Armstrong or Minamino. So it is slightly risky going for a Southampton attacker other than Danny Ings. But if I was pushed, I think I'd go Stuart Armstrong. Next one comes in from Frankismo. What should we do with Grealish? Yeah, it's... um. It's becoming a slight concern. I do think it is only two blanks for Grealish. So if I look back, he's blanked in the last two, but he did return in the four games before that. Um, he's got Leicester next, so it's a tricky fixture. So maybe it's an okay time to get off him. But I look forward, possible double game 26 for Villa, which includes Leeds. I think any attacker playing against Leeds is worth holding on to. So I'm inclined to give Grealish... 25 and 26 and then reassess it hopefully he can get something against Leicester and then that possible double game week like I said against Leeds you would fancy him to get something against Leeds he could he could go big against Leeds you know we've seen what Arsenal did against them at the weekend so Villa could easily score three or four in that game as well now the one thing I would say about Grealish is I like Grealish to Rafinha if, if Grealish to Rafinha is your only way to get Rafinha or it's the easiest way to get him, I wouldn't stop anyone from doing that this week. You're getting the two games out of Rafinha for Game Week 25, and you could even reverse it, Game Week 26. You could go back to Grealish for his two fixtures then. So, yeah, that's the one move I wouldn't stop anyone from doing. Grealish to Rafinha, but I think Grealish is absolutely fine to keep as well for the reasons mentioned. Question from David Kiernan. David is going to get Rafinha and Kane in this week. He's going to get rid of Antonio and one of Salah or Son, who would you get rid of between the two? So who would I sell this week, Salah or Son? I'd be inclined to keep both of them. That's the first thing I would say. But if, you, if you're determined to get Kane and Rafinha and you need to lose one of them, I think I would keep Salah. Looking at the fixtures, I know Liverpool haven't been great, but again, Spurs haven't been either. Fixtures, Salah has Everton next, who just lost 2-0 to Fulham and were played off the park. So Liverpool should win that one comfortably, going on that Everton performance. Then it's a possible double game week for Salah of Sheffield United, good fixture, and Chelsea. And then it's Fulham after that. Son has West Ham away this week, which to me is a tricky fixture because West Ham have been defending very well. Then it's a possible double game week of Burnley and one of Fulham or Southampton. So we know Burnley is never an easy place to go for anyone. So I think fixture-wise swings it in Salah's favour. And he's also got the penalties. So if pushed, I would keep Salah and sell Son. Final question this week is from M Bison 22 Is it possible to wildcard in 25 Bench boost in 26 and cover the blank in 29 if you don't have your free hit. I think absolutely yes it is. Um, I wouldn't be worried too much about 29 because now that it looks like Villa and Spurs will feature in that game week, it makes it so much easier to navigate, even if you've only got 8 or 9 players for that week. Um, so if I was wildcarding this week with bench boost in mind in 26 and also gave me 29 in mind I would be going for players like I'd probably go Son and Kane double up uh, I'd probably go Triple Villa even if it means one or two of them are on your bench this week Martinez, Grealish, Watkins probably the way I'd go there two or three Leeds players probably three 
if you're looking to capitalize on this week and have them for Game Week 29. So straight away, that's eight players for Game Week 29. So I really don't think you need to worry about Game Week 29 if you don't have your free hit chip. I also think even if you do have your free hit chip, Game Week 29 might not be the best time to do it. Listen to a very good podcast last week from the guys at Planet FPL and James had a a good idea for a free hit in 33. So if you get a chance, go back and listen to the Planet FPL pod on chip strategy. It opened it opened a few eyes for me that I hadn't thought about, or a few ideas. Thanks as always for the questions, folks. Keep an eye out for the tweet next Monday to get yours in for the next episode. Double Gaming 25 captaincy now. A question from Nabil. Would you captain Danny Ings for his double against Chelsea and Leeds? Or is Bamford a safer option? And I'm sure a lot of people are going to be asking themselves this question this week. Uh, I put a poll on Twitter yesterday. I said, who would you captain if you owned all three players? And I included Bamford, Rafinha and Ings because I think those three are the best captaincy options this week. No surprise, Bamford returned 50% of the vote. Rafinha got 19%. So Rafinha got slightly more than Ings who was on 17%. And I included a fourth option, which was see the results, because I find that uh, is better because people click on that then rather than swaying the results of the poll, thanks to whoever suggested that I do that last week. So when it comes to captaincy this week, those are the three best options, I think. And Nabil says, is Bamford the safer option? And I've seen a lot of people talking about this week. If you own Bamford, you know that people are saying you should just captain him. He's the safe option because his effective ownership is going to be absolutely huge. And you know if he does well and you don't captain him, it's going to hurt you. But the way I'm thinking this week is I'm determined not to let player ownership or fear influence my captaincy decision this week. I want to keep it simple. Let's say I own Bamford, Rafinha and Ings this week. I want to just focus on backing the player that I feel will score the most points out of the three players because at the end of the day that's what you want to do with your captaincy you want to captain the highest player in your team so just because Bamford is highly owned and he's going to be extremely highly captained this week I'm not going to captain captain him just for that reason um for example I mean when I think of Bamford and Ings as strikers ask me who is the more clinical striker who would I rather step up from 12 yards and take a shot to win me a million quid and it'd be Danny Ings all day long. He's the more clinical striker. So I'm leaning towards Ings if I buy him. I think I'll captain Ings over Bamford, but I'm very tempted by Rafinha as well. I think Rafinha is the most exciting option. And at the end of the day, FPL should be fun. FPL should be exciting. And I think captaining Rafinha in a double game week is pretty exciting because I think he's capable of huge points and his ownership is really low. Um, fixtures, Leeds have Wolves and Southampton, Southampton have Chelsea and Leeds, so I mean Wolves are pretty good defensively, Chelsea have been pretty good defensively as well, so I'd probably rate those fixtures fairly equally in terms of Bamford and Ings and Rafinha versus those defences, so it probably comes down to the Southampton-Leeds fixture, and I think that one could be pretty open as well, I've got zero faith in Leeds defence, I don't have much faith in the Southampton defence either. So I think both Bamford Ings and and Rafinha as well, I think all of them could be in the goals in that game. So I think captaincy is really tricky this week. And I had a look on Fantasy Football Hub as well today, just looking at a few stats to see if they can help me in any way as well. So I looked at game week 9 to 24, which is when Rafinha started playing regularly for Leeds. And I filtered it by per 90 minutes, these numbers. So I looked at shots... 
So in terms of shots per 90 minutes, Rafinha 2.79, Bamford 3.4. So Rafinha is not all that far behind Bamford in terms of shots per 90. XG, Bamford comes out on top 0.55, Rafinha 0.28. And chances created, Rafinha, really healthy numbers here, 2.09 chances created per 90 minutes. So Rafinha gets the goal attempts and he creates the chances as well. Whereas with Bamford, you're more than likely relying on uh, goals. Uh, Bamford's chances created 0.83 per 90 minutes, which is not too bad for a striker. I looked at Danny Ings as well, and I just looked at the same period because that's where the filter was when I was looking. Game week 90 24 per 90 minutes. How does Ings compare to those two? Uh, in terms of shots, he is behind them. He's on 2.4 shots per 90, but he possibly has penalties, whereas the other two don't. So we've got to factor that in as well. In terms of XG, um, Ings is better than Rafinha, but he's worse than Bamford. So we said Bamford was 0.55 XG, Ings 0.44 and Rafinha 0.28. And in terms of chances created per 90, Danny Ings was better than Bamford. So Bamford 0.83, Ings 1.17. So Ings is slightly more creative than Bamford so we can possibly expect more assists from Ings than we can from Bamford so you know what do they what do those tell me those tell me I really fancy Rafinha as well just for the for the assist potential and the goal potential he's taken loads of set pieces he's taken corners he's taken direct free kicks and indirect free kicks so there's always a chance of assists there and we know he likes a shot and he's just a bloody good player really like watching Rafinha um, so he's definitely in my thoughts for captaincy as well. Who are the other options? Salah and Manny play Everton. I like those guys as well. If you fancy a single game week captain, Bruno Fernandes has Newcastle at home. Really good fixture as well. And Kane and Son play West Ham. Now, I do think that's a tricky fixture, so I don't feel overly confident about Kane or Son captain this week. I just think, much like last week with Man City, I think we've got a captain, a double gimmick player. You've got to go hard or go home. So I think you've got a captain, a Leeds or a Southampton player. And I think those three are the top options, Bamford, Ings and Rafinha. I know some people will consider Dallas as well, who is good going forward, particularly when he's playing in midfield. But clean sheets, you know, Leeds probably, you, you could easily see them getting no clean sheets. In those two games. That has me thinking, why am I starting Melier then? Should I just start Martinez against Leicester? But no, I think I'll stick with Melier. Hopefully he gets saves more than anything else and, and maybe a penalty save thrown in for good measure. So captaincy for me, right, where am I leaning? I'm probably leaning Danny Ings. Now the issue here is I don't own Rafinha or Ings yet. So I would need to buy both of them if I wanna if I want to captain one or the other. Um I'll get to that now when it comes to transfers. If I buy Ings, I think he'll be my captain. If I buy Rafinha, he'll be strongly considered as well. And of course, it's only Tuesday. It's a long way till Friday. So I won't rule out Bamford just yet either. Um, Obviously, in my position, high in the rankings, people will tell me it makes sense to Captain Bamford. Protect yourself. Um, But I don't like playing like that. I'd rather rather be exciting and and try and make up ground rather than just trying to um, be stable where I am in the rankings. You know, I would love to captain Rafinha. He scores 25 points. Bamford maybe just gets one goal. And then obviously your ranks, you, you fly up the rankings then if that happens. Um, so lots of thinking to do in terms of captaincy over the next couple of days. Um, something to mention on captaincy as well. Leeds play Friday, Tuesday. Southampton play Saturday, Tuesday. So Leeds have the extra day of recovery time. That makes me question, you know, Danny Ings, a lot of injuries in the past. Will Hasenhut will protect them. 
if he has to play Saturday, Tuesday and then the weekend again. But I just feel Southampton, they're struggling at the moment. They need wins. They need to get back. You know, Hasenhutl's under a little bit of pressure. He's got to play his best player. So I do expect Ings to play both games. Just hopefully those hamstrings can stay intact. Double gave me 25 transfers. I've got one free transfer. One of them will definitely be Antonio out, Ings in. Then I've got to ask myself the question, do I take a minus four to go Rafinha in for Soucek? Or do a minus four and get rid of Justin for Dallas to improve my defence? Or I could go all out, take a minus eight, get Dallas and Rafinha for the double game week, triple up on leads, and I can use them also then in game week 29. Um, I was thinking about Kane this week, but I'm happy enough to hold off for one more week when he has a tricky game against West Ham, and I'll bring Kane in. So if I buy Ings this week, I'll probably straight away sell him for Ings for double game week, tw- sorry, sell him for Kane for double game week 26 and triple captain Kane in that one. So it could be a short uh, appearance for Ings in my squad. Bring him in, gets me 30 points, ship him out for Kane, Kane gets 60 points, triple captain. That is the master plan. So most likely, Antonio out, Ings in, Soucek out, Rafinha in, and I'll probably avoid the minus four for Dallas. So I'll probably leave it at a minus four rather than a minus eight. But let's see how I'm feeling on Friday. If I'm feeling punty, if I'm feeling aggressive, I might go for the minus eight and get Dallas and YOLO. Thank you, as always, for taking the time out of your week to listen. Please give it a share on Twitter if you enjoyed it and leave a review on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to hear more podcasts from me before Friday's deadline, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Have a great week, folks. Enjoy the Champions League midweek and best of luck for Double Gaming 25. I'll be back next Tuesday to preview the big Double Gaming 26. That should be a good one. Talk to you then. The Athletic.